Yes, welcome to the Taz Show. Uh, thank you for downloading this episode. I appreciate that. You're doing that at Apple Podcasts or the Radio.com app or the Radio.com website. Thank you for doing that. Maybe you're doing it on Stitcher, Stitcher gimmick. Maybe you're doing it over at the uh, Spotify's or the Google. Okay, whatever's going on with the Google Podcast, I'm still trying to figure it out for months. Doesn't matter. Do a great job, the Google. Uh, yeah, we've got a packed show for you here. Um, Lot to cover, lot to cover. Uh, get into uh, several different things. Maybe a little bit of Taz Hall sprinkled in there from leftover Taz Hall. This is from the other day. I didn't get a chance to get them all in, and a lot of people had great questions. So we got some of those are going to get in there, in here, I should say. And um, obviously, uh, got the uh, the big news about AEW. It's official, official, official uh, with their TV deal, which is a uh, gigantic news. We'll get into that. Uh, also, Tom McGee Jones, Tom McGee, Bret Hart. This match is getting all this noise and everything that would happen decades ago. I'm going to give you my thoughts and opinions on that. I might, well, I guess if I'm going to, I can't say might, uh, I, I'm going to do. How about that? I'm going to do a watch along. Watch along, Jones. Watch along with this match. The portion of it that they showed on WWE Network. They didn't show the very beginning of it. I'll give you like the time code here. The whole gimmick um, of where it picks up. So if you want to watch it along with me, you can do that. So you maybe want to pause the podcast and then get up your WWE Network. Or later on, if you maybe not have access to the WWE Network, as you listen to me right now, you can do it. Here, I just pulled it up. So it's at 19 minutes and 44 seconds into the the special that they had. The most uh, it was called WWE's most most infamous lost match. This is on the WWE Network uh, under original specials. Now, if you don't have the WWE Network or you know you don't, don't want to watch along, still, I'm going to explain some things about this match with Bret Hart and Tom McKee. It was a dark match. I'll get into some details on it. But again, 19 minutes and 44 seconds is where I'm going to start it from. Not right this moment. I have other things I want to talk about. So, so like I'm saying here, uh, there's a lot to go get into in the show. So it should be a really good uh, podcast. Hopefully, you guys enjoy it. Uh, so, okay, so. For those that are you, of you that are Taz and the Moose fans that listen to me on the radio every day talking sports on CBS Sports Radio, first off, I appreciate that. Second off, I have not been on the air for a couple of days, and you maybe saw a tweet by me that talked about, you know, uh, giving love to those those of you who respect what pro wrestlers have done or do, you know, um, as far as what happens when you get injured or when you get a little bit older and you're retired like me, like me, retired from the ring and how these things start to really, these injuries and these uh, body parts start to hurt uh, or start to have issues where you need surgery on them and just you really start to, you know, you really start to feel um, all the years of bumping and stuff like that and and, and everything uh, and training, um, lifting heavy weights, which can cause problems when you get older, you know, believe it or not, because of your joints. So, uh, and I did a lot of that. My weight training was a very, uh, you know, I trained for, a, you know, a good portion of my prime. I trained heavy at times, you know, so I, I had to keep thickness and power, you know. So, you know, I have a shoulder thing going on that's pretty shitty to be honest with you um two separate occasions i uh, two old injuries that didn't happen at the same time but are affecting me now as i'm 51 years old i had tore my bicep let me back up when i was in ecw in a match i had with shane douglas on a uh, swinging neck breaker i landed on my side of my shoulder it was my fault not shane douglas's fault i took a bad bump i did i under rotated on on the on the bump he gave me this was a match, I think, for the TV title when like Shane and I, Shane was on the stage, I was in the ring, and uh, we were doing like a chat. Like I could, I, I don't remember the whole thing, but like I could beat you in four minutes. Yeah, well, I could beat you in three minutes, like that type thing. A lot of you guys remember it. If you watch the, the match back, 
I talked about this a while ago on the Taz show. Uh, there was a spot in there where Shane was going to give me a swing neck breaker, and I landed. I, like I said, I under-rotated. I landed on the side of my shoulder, like the way you'd see a quarterback get sacked when he gets driven down to the side of his shoulder. Um, when you land on the side of your shoulder, that's a, that's a problem. That's how you usually pop your labrum, which is a membrane that covers your shoulder joint, your AC joint, and your rotator cuff. Um, or you can, you know, definitely separate your shoulder and break your clavicle, which is the bones that go across like your neck, chest, upper chest area type thing going into your shoulder, um, the structural, you know, bone area, right? So, so what happened was I really messed up my shoulder there in that match. I win the t- the TV belt, and then <laughs> I can work. I had to have surgery on my shoulder, but we we you know we we hit it. You know, Paul was smart the way we booked around it, and I had some ideas on it, and we he just kept I kept the belt, and I just had to like you know work around it, and 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 have the surgery. I had quick surgery. I had a scope on that one. It wasn't that bad of a surgery then, but it still was an injury that nagged. And then I got into WWE. You know, several years later. And um, I tore my bicep in a uh, in a match. I think it was against Perry Saturn on a Raw, a Monday Night Raw. Um, and I tore my bicep pretty bad. Both right shoulder was the injury with Shane, and bicep was the right bicep was the injury with Perry. So for those that don't understand, like your bicep tendon, it attaches in in your body to your. To your shoulder joint, you know, your AC joint and, and rotate all these different things in there And it all connects And it's an upper griddle Shoulder griddle area, okay And that's that's what's going on with me Now, okay, the thing I want to say Was when I tore my bicep What happened was um, And I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not out here bitching I'm just explaining what happened back then And how it's like I got like a lot of shit going on right now With my shoulder like it's just fucking sucks So uh, Like I'm talking like insane pain Like just out of nowhere It just started hurting me the other day (laughs) Like I'm talking about like someone just takes a Screwdriver and just puts it in the front of your shoulder And just keeps moving it in a Circular motion real slow And it felt like that for about You know uh, Almost 48 hours like a day and a half Insane and I'm not a pain pill guy. I don't get into the pain pills. I go to my doctor, um, and he knows me for years. He's, uh, you know, I talked about him on the last podcast actually, and I, he knows how I am with pain pills. I don't. I, I'm terrified of getting hooked on them, like a lot of pro wrestlers unfortunately do or have, because of all the pain you're you're in. So, uh, he prescribed to me a very powerful, like an anti-inflammatory type of steroid. Um, and now I know a lot of folks when they hear the word steroid, they think muscle building. And no, there's a lot of different types of steroids. The muscle building steroids are the anabolic steroids. That's not what this is, or the androgen steroids. That's not what this is. This is uh, I don't I don't know the exact medical term of the actual drug, but it's it's definitely an anti-inflammatory, powerful. Like a lot of you guys know, like prednisone, like anybody who has like bad like allergies or if you get like um, hives or something. I never had this, but I know someone in my family who did, my outside family and. They're on prednisone, and uh, that's not what he gave me, but it's that type of steroid where, it, uh, again, not to get too deep in the woods, but there's a lot of different types of steroids, not just muscle building. So he um, prescribed to me a, a powerful anti-inflammatory steroid-type drug and said, hopefully this works. <laughs> if this doesn't work, then um, we got to definitely get start checking out x-rays on this thing. And seeing your bone structure See what's going on with the ball joint of your shoulder If you got bone on bone If all the years of lifting heavy weights And getting injuries on that side of your shoulder See, that was no bullshit I just twinged my shoulder (laughs) That was the shoot (laughs) So I was going to tell you that at the top of the podcast I might do that, you might hear me winch Because if I move the wrong way, it hurts Anyway, uh, that was a shoot right there (laughs) Sorry about that So uh, He was talking about like a lot of people get If they lift a lot of heavy weights And they get older And then they Or maybe injuries to it Like I had That you can lose um, You know uh, the, the the cushion between your Your bone on bone So it's not bone on bone Like the cartilage area I don't know what you call it And if I had that That's a major problem So that's like That's surgery And it's like a gigantic operation 
that could potentially be, you know, a shoulder replacement. Now I'm I'm on step ten of step two right now, so I'm just telling you like that, you know, like I know there are people dealing with a lot worse than that in life. Trust me, family members of mine have dealt with a lot worse health issues, and. Many of them are no longer with us And just like a lot of you guys can relate to that With family members, maybe even yourself So I'm not sitting here comparing mine My uh, my shit to anybody else I'm just telling you what's going on with me And, and um, So anyway, I'm doing much better That I can tell you, I'm doing much better The medicine seems like it's working So uh, I'll know more in about five six days. So, but that's what that's what's going on. It just it just and again it came out of nowhere. That's what sucks. It wasn't like I like banged it or like took a bump and shit or like you know whatever was doing something at my house and um and then just injured it. it nothing like in particular like jumps out to me. Like I don't know how this just started to friggin' hurt like this, like bad. But yeah. I'm usually pretty good with pain. I usually could take a lot of pain, but this was like, whoa, this is really bad. So I couldn't go on the radio because I didn't want to, you know, I, I, I sit there for three hours when I'm supposed to be entertaining and have a good time and talk sports and all this with a co-host and like, and I'm in a really shitty mood and just in a lot of pain and I can't move my arm because that's the other thing. I have no range of motion. I can't lift my arm over my head. I need help putting my shirt on. Um, uh, you know, my wife's got to help me, like, put deodorant on. Like, I'm being, I'm pulling back the curtain here. Like, I can't lift my arm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so, but like I said, it is getting a little bit better. And I do know, okay, I do know that there are a plethora of people in this world of all different ages that are dealing with a lot worse than me. So I'm blessed. I'm very lucky. I'm very fortunate. I just wanted to put that tweet out the other day to thank you guys that respect what wrestlers do or have done. And... Because, you know, I was having a moment there where I was like, eh, this really fucking hurts. <laughs> and I don't know what the hell's going on, but whatever. So hopefully this thing, I don't have to get into the surgery thing. So maybe maybe I'll be okay. So I'll keep my fingers crossed. So anyway, so that's the deal on that. Um, <clears throat> so like I said, we got other things I want to get into here. Uh, I want to talk about the AEW situation for sure because that's uh, pretty big news. <clears throat> so. Guys, like I was mentioned to you guys recently on a podcast, you know, it's definitely getting warmer out and before you know it, it's summertime and, and, and there are, you know, there are more of us driving on the roads right now. Uh, and it's a click it or ticket campaign is a true lifesaver. And I'm going to give you a couple examples. When you're not wearing your seatbelt, you're risking serious injury or death. Uh, cops are stepping up big time, stepping up enforcement and writing tickets. So don't take the risk. And there's no good excuse at all. There's no such thing as a good excuse for not buckling up. No matter how far you dr you're driving, whether you think it's uncomfortable or you just forgot, you got to remember, don't just forget. Okay. Always buckle up. You know, I'm a huge, I've been like that for a lot of years. My family members too. We always buckle up. And I remember when I was younger, a lot of people weren't buckling up. It was just like no one wore their seatbelts back in the day when I was a kid. And over the years, and I think because of what NHTSA does and, and, and promotions and campaigns like this, click on the ticket, it brings more awareness to it. Um, you know, become that seatbelt guy or girl that, you know, you're going to get in the car and you're always putting your seatbelt on. You know, uh, my son's 20 years old and I know he always buckles up. Uh, you know, and 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 a lot of his friends same way because they're this generation they understand it, and that's what this is about. Buckle up, click it or ticket, um, and and buckle up. Make sure people in your car, people you love, family members, friends, yourself, make sure everyone in the car is buckled up. Be smart, guys. Wear a seatbelt, click it or ticket. So, okay, um, AEW. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah, it's like you know, this is not. I don't know how. To put it over, I mean, this is this is huge. This is huge news, and most of you guys are aware. And if you're not, I'll give you a quick overview of it. Uh, AEW Wrestling, All Elite Wrestling, announced um, that they are partnered up, and they're going to be on AEW is going to be on TNT later this year. They partnered up with Warner Media. Um, excuse me. This announcement came became official on May fifteenth. Okay, so 2019 in the morning, and uh, TNT tweeted out and stuff like that, like the graphic of uh, uh, All Elite Wrestling's logo and stuff like that. But it was interesting. Uh, TNT put something out like, um, what did it say? Uh, like that TNT's turn to broadcasting, for those that don't know. And said, we're back in the wrestling business, which I thought was interesting. You know, and uh, and 
basically that you're not getting the, the day that it's going to be on. Like it's going to start, I believe, in October, if memory serves me for what I was reading in my research and the news that came out and uh, the, the, the weekly TV show. Not sure what day of the week, you know, um, and I think a lot of people are waiting to see what day of the week it is now. Could you imagine if it's friggin' Monday, Monday night? Oh, Lordy B, Monday Night Wars would be back. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but excuse me, even if it was Tuesday, you know, with SmackDown, well, I think SmackDown's when they're moving to Fox. I don't know what, I can't, I'm drawing a blank what day they're going to be on. Regardless, um, it's just, this is gigantic news for a, everybody at AEW. And, um, and if you, you've been behind a rock, you don't know what's going on. Tony Khan is the owner of AEW Wrestling. And Tony Khan uh, and his dad and his family, they own the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they own a soccer club in the UK also and own a plethora of business. Very ultra-successful business uh, folks here. Tony Khan, very successful person. Um, and a passionate wrestling supporter and fan since he's a little kid, from what I understand. And... He, you know, he has that true passion for the industry, which is why I think they're going to be very successful. This is not just a guy with deep pockets and a lot of success that has a lot of power just saying, I love wrestling and I want to have a wrestling show like Vince McMahon does. I don't think that's the case here, guys, um, because the people he has uh, around him working with him and now the founder, as I said, and president is, is, is Tony Khan, the CEO. And basically, you got guys like Matt and Nick Jackson, Young Bucks, and obviously Cody and Brandy Rhodes, you know, uh, Hangman Page, Kenny Omega. That they, they, yeah, they're definitely talent. They're top tier talent, and no one could ever doubt how great those workers are, and always have been, and always will be. But they're also front office major, you know, EVPs and stuff. So they are, you know, and, and you got guys involved like Chris Daniels, you know, who. Uh, you know, I respect for so many years and know for so long, and and CD is just a fucking man. Chris Jericho, I don't think Jericho is part of the front office, but Jericho is one of the main headliners, obviously. So you know, this this they they and they're hiring so much young talent that's different than what you see at the WWE. I really, really am excited about this, and um, I also think the. The slant, for lack of a better term, with, with Tony Khan, the president of AEW and CEO, what he's explaining is it's more of a going to be, it's going to, what I've heard is wins and losses are going to matter, which is everything. Okay, that is so vital, what he's saying. Now, I've talked about in the past how doing a job is not the worst thing in the world. It's not the end of the world. If a guy has to do a job, you do a job. I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth because I don't want to confuse anyone when, when I stand by that about doing the job. There's no problem with doing the job. If you know how to book wrestling, that has nothing really to do with wins and losses matter. Wins and losses do matter. Okay. Everyone should want to. I've talked about this on the air when I was a WWE color commentator uh, at, at length on the air sometimes. And Vince McMahon loved that I said it. You know, like if you don't, if you're here and you don't want to be the world champion, then you shouldn't be here. You know, and I think that's definitely going to be the vibe creatively AEW is going to put out there. You know, it, it's um, you you could feel like what they're doing is going to be more sport based, which I think is so, so, so important as opposed to character driven. But yet the characters they have are very entertaining and very you know fun to watch. Just watch some of the YouTube you know, uh, uh, content that they have that Cody has. And that the Bucks have, you know, the stuff is very funny. And, and I get the campiness. I, I love campy humor. So I get it. I understand it. And they just, I'm just a fan of the way they're going about things because it's a whole different feel than the way WWE goes about things. And I think that's great. And I think that fans want an alternative. And I do think with AEW, you're going to get an alternative. I really do. So I look, and I also want to say this. I do think at Double or Nothing, a big pay-per-view that is, Next Saturday in in uh, Las Vegas, you know, I I think that we all as a wrestling community, a fan base, former wrestlers, and whatever we all are, right? Uh, fans, diehard fans, not diehard fans, whatever. I do think that I don't think we should just judge AEW by that event. First impressions do last, and I do th do think a lot of folks, no matter if I say it or not, are going to judge them. By that first event And I think AEW is aware of that 
I don't think that's fair. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't think that's fair. And if, I don't matter if it was AEW or anybody else. I, I, I think it's very difficult to compare AEW to WWE, it, not just after the, the Vegas show uh, on May 25th, the, the double or nothing, but even the first two years of TV. How about that? Because, you know, you're comparing to something in WWE that for decades upon decades, a uh, family-owned business that has been just been through ups and downs, but more ups than downs. And Vince McMahon and his experience in all the decades and his dad's experience beforehand with WWF, um, you know, it's just it's it's a family owned. It's part of their life. It's not a business. WWE. I'm telling you from experience working with them for ten years, well, you know, just about. And it's tough to compare something brand new, no matter how successful the Khan family is or Tony Khan's vision is. It's tough to compare to that, and I do think AEW knows that, and I think that's why they're going a little bit of a different route. And you could look at some of the young talent that they're hiring, and it's it's and and the way they're hiring people, it's it's very cool. Look, just for example, like referees, right? They went through a whole deal this past week, AEW, with announcing uh, different ref, ref, referees, and and on on the Young Bucks YouTube channel, they. They they hired a referee and they showed footage of what Joey Ryan at a show, a little independent show in California, and where they did a funny bit where it looked like the Young Bucks were going to hire uh, Joey Ryan. He's like, well, you know, and Joey was buying in. It was very very funny, but yet they were going to offer the deal. They were there to offer the deal to the referee that was in the ring, and that's how they signed the referee. I'm just saying, like they they and and they signed a, a several other referees. They have to have a, a female referee. Obviously, the legendary Earl Hebner is now going to be with AEW. I mean, it's just the way they go about signing people or making announcements about signing people is what I should say, is very different, very cool, complete opposite of anything we've seen at WWE for years upon years. A lot of names that they've signed that are under under the regular roster are names that maybe just mainstream wrestling fans never heard of, you know, but that's good. That's good because these people are all true pros that can fucking work. That's the main thing. <clears throat> so you sh if you're AEW, you want to bring in people that no one's, the mainstream fan might not know. Because once they see these guys and girls work, they'll be like, oh, all right, this is real shit here. You know, and you, I promise you, you're going to get work rate out of AEW. So you're going to get a lot of talented workers. So, um, and an and international field too, with talents uh, from China, from Japan, from the UK. I mean, they they they're hitting it all. I mean, they hit it all. They really are. I mean, um, it's just different. It's very different than what WWE is doing. They're bringing in a lot of people that are super talented and have paid dues on the indie scene, or people that are very young that are just super talented with an insane upside. You know, that's the other thing. You know, so. It's it's exciting. It's exciting what they're doing. It really is, and, and I I I hope nothing but the best for them. This is great for wrestling guys, not just for you. Most of you guys are fans that are listening, right? But it's great for wrestlers. It's great for you know uh, broadcasters. It's great for referees because now if you're in WWE, you know NXT or WWE, well, you know they're not. They're, it's not so quick that they're going to want you to leave. Okay, they're going to want to keep, you know, certain people around. Now, some people are going to say, go. Yeah, we don't care. We don't need you here. That's fine. You want to go to Ring of Honor or AEW or go? You're not a threat to us. We don't think much of you. Go ahead. Bye-bye. That's how Vince would be, and he's been like that for years, and and I respect that. i got to be honest. If you don't think someone's a threat to you, it's going to hurt you um, because they're not – you don't think they're talented enough, then fine. So be it. See you later. Uh, but this helps the leverage of so many men and women – in the ring, in Ring of Honor, you know, doing stuff with TNA, obviously uh, uh, WWE, um, uh, MLW, you know, some of the younger guys and girls in MLW. This helps all of them it, it, because this AEW now brings competition to a whole new level because it's another real player because this player, uh, they have, you know, uh, 
you know, heavy money, which is important because you're going to take some losses and you're going to take your lumps and you got to be able to recoup, you know, um, and I know there's been a lot of comparisons to WCW and stuff like that you know, back in the day because Turner and this and the money. I, I don't think it's like that. I mean, I never met Tony Khan, um, but I'll tell you, uh, from what I understand, uh, he's got a different different vision than a lot of people that we've seen try to get into the wrestling industry as owners with a lot of money. Um, he's true passion about uh, for the industry and and history and knowledge, an extremely intelligent guy. So, I'll tell you, if I'm Vince McMahon, I'm a little concerned. Do I think Vince is sweating? No, I don't think he's sweating. Do I think Triple H is sweating? Uh, <laughs> let's put it this way: I think Triple H is sweating a little more than Vince, and I'll tell you why. I say that. I'm just going to be, be very blunt about it because we saw Triple H sweat at the at the at the Hall of Fame ceremony. You know, when he himself was going in the Hall of Fame with his DX members, he took a shot because Billy Gunn was on stage, and Billy's going to be a producer slash agent for AW. He took a jokingly shot at at Billy, you know, and and they're, they're boys, and then, you know, it's that's what boys do. You you you, know, you fuck around with each other, you take shots at each other. Except he did this in front of the world, uh, Triple H, and he sold, as I would call it, a lot of wrestlers would call it. He sold AEW, calling them piss and company and all this shit, and and just taking shot. Like it just, I couldn't believe he did it. I, I I've talked to people behind the scenes in the business, in WWE and outside of WWE. And a couple in AEW And I'm still shocked That he did that Still shocked That's something that I just I was shocked I do not think Vince McMahon Knew he was going to do that And I do not think Vince McMahon was happy One iota that he did that I I didn't hear that from no one And I could be way off I'm just telling you Knowing both those men And working with those men I would be shocked if Vince wasn't fucking pissed about him saying that, you know, Triple H, and selling AEW. Now, he didn't say the letters AEW, but he alluded to it heavily, and people knew what he was talking about. And I was, I'm telling you, I was just shocked. He had nothing to gain by doing that. That's the best thing that could happen for AEW, because, you know, No, I shouldn't say the best thing. That's an exaggeration. That was a really good thing that happened for AEW, because... For those that knew what Triple H was talking about, they got it, and it, it what it did was it empowered AEW because the almighty Triple H put them over. You know, uh, for those that are more casual fans that didn't know what he was alluding to, they might have looked into it more online or from a friend and said, no, there's this new thing starting out, Cody and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, the guy from the Jacksonville Jaguars, and next thing you know, that's how it spreads. Bad move, Triple H. Just bad move. I mean, I was just shocked he did that. Shock, shock, shock. Very on WWE like to do something like that. Did it make for good TV? Yeah, it definitely did. It made for shoot type feel, and and it made his induction with DX even you know very cool. I should say. But could you imagine if somebody else going to the Hall of Fame would have done something like that on that night? Forget about it. They'd be fired. Not fired. They'd be well if they were. Well, if they're outside former workers, whatever um, legends deal they have, that might have been fragile. That might have been a problem. That would have been a problem. The, who, who, I don't care who it is going to the Hall of Fame. If they was, if they were alluding to another wrestling company, especially something that's going to get massive TV with massive money behind it, okay, with a bunch of people that are motivated running it. Uh, Triple Triple H and Vince would have been livid about it, but Triple H is Triple H. He do what he wants, so you know it's the way it goes. So um, <laughs> I was just very surprised, and I, I I probably brought it up here on a podcast in the past. I don't even remember, but I'm still like I I don't I shake my head like I don't why why would he do that like why why would why would he do that? But good for AEW man, good for AEW, and it's great for wrestling. It's great for the fans and great for the wrestlers because. It's like for so many years we've had no fucking leverage, no leverage, you know, and and now, you know, there's no union, as you guys know, there's no governing body, there's no, there's none of that shit, and we know all of that, I'm not going to get into that, 
I did it the last podcast a little bit, and we've heard it in the past and all that. Not, not that I'm the guy pounding on the desk. We need a union. I'm, I'm not that guy, but I do think some sort of governing body. I do believe in the safety of what I've talked about last podcast with paramedics on site or, you know, defibrillators and stuff like that and tr- referees and everything trained in this uh, or or backstage staffers, people trained in the defibrillator or CPR and whatnot for emergencies. Uh, like we saw the unfortunate situation, uh, you know, with Silver King. Uh, you know, uh, anyway, I, 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 I just feel like there's, there's got to be a point here, you know, where if you're WWE, you got to start saying, all right, we, we got to start booking talent better. We got to start using talent better. Um, because we not that we need everybody happy. That's not the way it is there. Not everybody's happy. I'm just letting you know that. I told you that a long time ago in many podcasts. I'm on the cusp of 700 podcast shows here. So <laughs> I've talked a lot about that. Not everyone's happy in WWE. And they don't give a shit if you're happy or not. I promise you that. It's a business. Okay. It's not just what you see on TV. I'm guaranteeing you that. It's This is a show. It's entertainment. Um, but they're going to have to figure out a way to keep, you know, some of the talents happy there. Uh, that's a shoot. They're going to have to. Um, they, they really, because this, this is a game changer and, and it helps ring of honor too. It helps ring of honor. It helps that they're going to want to keep their, their men and women behind the scenes and on camera, uh, in place. If you're a ring of honor, if you're anybody with any kind of TV or streaming service platform for your product, because this AW thing is a fucking game changer. And that's a fact kids. I promise you that (laughs) that's no bullshit. Guess what time it is Thirsty, thirsty, thirsty For a little water break Hang on Oh man That's a good one Oh yeah Alright well that's the deal. That's what they said. All right, break time. Come back from break. Get into a little bit of the uh, some of the Tassel Jones, and I, I got to do this watch alone j- gimmick. Maybe we'll do that next. We'll do the watch alone gimmick on WWE Network with the WWE's most infamous loss match. Go 19 minutes and 44 seconds in watch along Jones McGee versus Bret Hart, 1986, Throwback City. All right, be right back. All right, Jabba's. We're back here on the Taz Show. Going to get into, uh, like I said, that match from 1986 with McGee and Bret Hart. Do a little watch along with that. Then we'll do some leftover Taz Hall. Hey, guys, I told you, man, I put it on my social media, showed you a photo of it. Uh, it's summertime, and the only thing more annoying than eating too much and being bloated is when uh, it's it, it, there's flies and insects invading your home. Okay, and who knows where those flies will last? The fly that just landed on your hamburger, well, it could have been anywhere from another piece of food, or well, take a guess. It's kind of disgusting. Uh, so I'd like to thank our sponsors over at Dynatrap. Something my home has had for the past couple of years, outside of my home and indoors, and now Dynatrap is the leading manufacturer of outdoor mosquito and insect traps. Okay, and now they've come up with a solution for indoor pests. The Dyna Trap Fly Light. Yes, this thing's awesome. The Dyna Trap Fly Light works day and night, attracts and traps flies, fruit flies, mosquitoes, and other pesky insects. And I've got to say, it really, really works. No lie. Forget those disgusting fly strips that make noise every time. That that, this, that that don't happen. You don't need a piece of glue hanging from your house. Okay, this thing looks cool. It's a nice light. And it's discreet the way it's done. Okay, trust me. I've been using Dynatrap Fly Light for a while now, and it's insane the number of insects it's caught. Uh, you know, uh, otherwise be buzzing around my home and, and biting me and my family. Okay, I got a good deal for you too. A good deal. Get yours at Dynatrap.com. That's D-Y-N-A-T-R-A-P.com. Enter the promo code T-A-Z, Taz, and receive 15% off their products. Dynatrap. The safe, silent, and simple solution to household insects control. 
D-Y-N-A-T-R-A-P.com. Dynatrap.com. Enter Taz as your promo code. There you go, guys. All right, so anyway, um, we're going to get into uh, this, this watch-along deal, like I just said to you guys. So um, let's take a peek here. So like I was saying, we will go. Now, look, this is the thing. This whole, you know, Tom McGee versus Brett the Hitman Hart from 1986 Untelevised match, dark match, or tryout match, or whatever. Now, okay, so I watched the thing, the the WWE Network special on this thing, and it was a little bit. I got to be honest, it was a little bit annoying. I wasn't a big fan of the way it was done, the way it was put together. I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, if you didn't know about this, and it, uh, it, it, they made it like they made it like both these guys, Bret Hart and McGee, were kind of like you know. Um, like they didn't know Brett was going to be a big star. They all thought McGee was going to be the big star, and not Brett Hart. And that's how they painted this. That's the vibe I got. I'm like, wait a minute, and, you know. And 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 I, I, meanwhile, Jimmy the mouth of the south, Jimmy Hart. He's got a manager, Brett Hart. Jimmy Hart. Okay, he's the hitman. He was he was uh, he had years under his belt at that time. He was already a, a contracted WWE superstar or WWF superstar at that time. So I, I, I didn't like that vibe. Like, if you didn't know a little bit about the history of the business or WWE or WWF or Bret Hart, or you know, they made it like McGee and Hart were both at the same level in this dark match, and they really weren't. So that was a little bit misleading, to be frank with you, the way it was produced. I didn't I didn't like that part, I'm just being honest. And um, the other thing, too, side note, Jones, I don't know what the big deal is with this. I really don't know this whole thing. You know, I don't get the big deal with this. You know, I know at StarCast, you know, uh, uh, Conrad and stuff, they they booked McGee and Bret Hart and all the stuff, which is going to be cool. And that was done, I think, before the WWE did this thing. WWE got wind of it, and next thing you know, they started jumping on the, the buzz of it, I guess, to maybe stick it to Conrad or something like that. Hey, I know what that's like. I've had WWE stick to me and my podcast for years. So <laughs> good luck, Taz, getting a WWE guest on your show. So I, I you know, I understand what that's like. That sucks if you comment everybody else that, that they're doing that to. And, you know, regardless, I don't really understand, like, the whole big thing where someone gets a dark match, they get a tryout. I've had them, okay? And, you know, they they don't – they don't um, they don't pan out like the company thought. This happens all the time. It's been happening for years, for years. So I'm a little, you know, I- I'm a little confused on why it's such a big deal. I-, I really don't understand why this is such a big deal. I just don't. I, I don't get it. You know, um, I- and and the thing is, McGee he signed a contract. So this dark match, you know, he did sign a deal and he was under contract. It just never really got him out there to the public. Um, and when you watch him work, I, I got to be honest with you. When you watch them work against Bret Hart in that dark match, and we're going to do a watch long. I'm going I'm to watch here in a second. Yo, dude, you could tell right away, like, this guy's fucking green as grass, and he is not ready to get a push. He shouldn't even be in the company. You know, I'm to be honest, I'm surprised they even signed him. You know, and I'm, I don't know Tom McGee from a hole in the wall. I mean, the guy had a great physique. He looked awesome and all this stuff. Um, but his work rate was, he was green as shit. I mean, like he did not know what he was doing. Like it really, so I don't know how, you know, people would think that Vince was like, Oh my God, we're going to, this guy's going to be the next world champ. This guy, maybe he said that I'm, I wasn't there maybe, but just because he had a good physique, I guess, I don't know. I mean, but like, like I'm saying, there's been a lot of wrestlers that have dark matches that most people never heard that they had a dark match that weren't ready for the bright lights and then the big push. And this was the case with McGee. So I, I, I'm just being honest. Everybody's fucking clamoring about this this topic. Oh, my God. This is this was the lost oh, the, the VHS tape. And that's great. That's cool. I'm not shitting on that. I, I, that's cool. Tape traders are into all that back in the day. It was nice to see Mary Kate on there. She's old old school ECW fan always was supportive of all the guys in the company, the guys and girls in the company in support of ECW. She's a great girl. You know, it was nice to see her get some publicity. That was really cool. You know? So that was my favorite part of it, to be honest with you, because uh, I'm like, Oh wow, Mary Kay, that's awesome. She's such a great girl, you know, and it's really cool. And uh, you know, I don't know, man, I I'm just, I'm like a little bit just like, I don't see the big, I don't see the big whoop. <laughs> <laughs> with this thing. I don't. 
I think, you know, I really don't. I don't see the big why WWE would do this. I, I like I said, I, maybe it was a shot at um maybe it was a shot at uh at at, at Starcast, could be. Um I, I don't know. I mean, I, just to me it was like like really? Who who cares? But you know, I mean to have um, you know, like at Starcast, I get that to have Brett there and and um and to have them, you know, do like a whatever chat gimmick and stuff. Yeah, that I I I think's cool. But for WWE to do this, man, there's they in their tape library, they got tape library, they have tons of talents that have had dark matches that that you know, you'd be like, Wow, that's crazy. Wow, look at that. I didn't know that. Wow. Maybe this guy thought they thought it was gonna be really good. Maybe this guy they thought it was gonna be, you know, it didn't happen. It happens all the time. So I that's why I don't see the big whoop with it, you know. I don't normally say big whoop, but you know, I got a chance to say big whoop, so it's fun to say, to be honest with you. I don't normally say big whoop. It's not like something that I normally say, but it might become something that I do on a regular here. Big whoop. <laughs> Maybe not. But you get my point. So yeah. So anyway, um I don't know. So we'll we'll do the watch on here in a second and we'll get into that and um uh, I, I, maybe I'm just It seems like a lot of you guys as wrestling fans Are, are into the whole McGee, Bret Hart 1986 thing and the dark man I mean I, I don't I just like I said I don't You know I don't get it I mean um, I don't So <laughs> I just don't <laughs> um, I don't but it is what it is I guess So um, what else? So that's it So we'll get into uh, doing this deal here Let me just uh, get the queue up gimmick so we could get rolling here You guys, you're probably ahead of me on this And you're probably all locked in On the uh, So 19 minutes and 45 seconds As I said Alright, let's see here Be patient with me Sometimes this happens Alright, here we go Alright, so Alright, so I'm picking up at 1944 and we're off So Yeah, so, okay Like I said, like if you watch Like Tom McGee um, Right now It's just, you know, Bret Hart went for a kick To the belly on McGee, and McGee stopped the kick I mean, this is not You know, nothing great, nothing, I mean, nothing amazing That he's doing, I mean, but You could see by how long it took him I'll give you an example, pause guys Pause, 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 this is You, know, you could see how when he swept Bret Hart's leg he didn't know what to do. Basically, Brett had to tell him. Like, he stopped the kick from Brett, and then he, as he held Brett's leg, Brett had to sweep his leg from, for Brett to take a bump, and then he did, like, a cartwheel. Let's Now, play again. I'm at, nine, I'm at 2012. Okay, so then he did, like, a backflip, cartwheel, shows his athleticism into an arm drag. Okay, his arm drag wasn't that bad, and his arm bar is not that bad. Um, his arm drag was actually pretty good, but Brett... The key with the arm drag is the guy taking the bump. So, and again, and I, and I respect Bret Hart. You guys know I've always said that'd be the one guy I wanted to work with. I never worked with. And that was the other thing in that special. It's like, well, anybody, Bret can make anybody look good. That Bret can, listen, most established pro wrestlers can make anyone look good. It's not just Bret. Not just Bret Hart can make people look good. I'm just telling you, that's the job of a pro wrestler. You got to make your opponent look good. And the more green your opponent is, the more you got to get the guy over. Of course, you got to, otherwise the match will suck. So, all right. So you could just see, again, let's pause. Let's actually, I'm at, um, Okay, I'm at 20, just give me, bear with me here, 2040, 2050, okay, 2052, 2052, I paused it, I want to talk about this, okay, McGee had an arm bar on Bret Hart, and then Bret Hart raked his eyes, okay, you could watch the cell and how stiff of a cell, I'm teaching you how to look at someone when they're green, you could see it just doesn't look right, it just doesn't, it looks awkward, it looks, it looks fake, and he's now a hit play again And then he does a leapfrog Which is spectacular His athleticism is great Into another arm drag So that stuff he's great at But it's the transitions That you could tell He's green as shit And now anybody could think That we're going to put the rocket on this guy I, I don't believe that I think they probably realize He's a couple of years away From being maybe really really good you can't look at him and think that he's going to be really, really good like in a month. It's just not going to happen. 
So I've been rolling here. We're at 21, 25. It's, I haven't paused. We're still going. Um, Brett's getting some heat on him in the corner. And his cell is kind of dead. He's got his arms on the ropes. He's he's not really, you know, he, he doesn't know. He's just green. Then he goes to the top rope and does a backflip into a drop kick. Drop kick was kind of sloppy. Back, the second drop kick was even worse. But the backflip was pretty legit. And I remember the announcers were going crazy on this. Uh, when I watched it on the network the other day And how amazing And which they should They're trying to put over his athleticism And um, and I think they do a replay Bret Hart's like in the crowd Like he's leaving Just getting heat You know, which is smart That's what you want to do Let the people, you know Salivate for you to get back in the ring Because they know this guy's got momentum This McGee guy And as he's uh, And he keeps pulling his trunks out From his butt, McGee Because his trunks are like really high cut Which was a little weird uh, Anyway <laughs> So yeah, now they're doing the replay of the backflip off the top into the one drop kick, which was now the reason why I said the drop kick wasn't and there's a second drop kick wasn't that good as his legs were far apart. I've never thrown drop kicks, you'd never see me do it. But I know how to teach a drop kick. Um, but I never was good enough to do one. I know that sounds weird, but it's a fact. Uh, so I'm not an expert in drop kicks, but I know a good drop kick when I see them. I've took tons of them in my career, so I know that one, those two drop kicks weren't that great. Um, again, now he's selling. Bret Hart's got heat on him, and Bret is just working his offense on him. He's selling with his head down. Tom McGee, that's a no-no. If you go to around twenty-three oh one, McGee was selling. His head is completely down. He's burying his head in the cell. That's a that's a big sign of someone being green. And I'm pulling back the curtain, teaching you shit. Um, again, wasn't an expert seller, but I know how to tell people how to sell. I mean, and his head is still buried now at twenty-three eighteen. As Brett's got his heat So he's just green Like he's just so green And and um, I know it's coming across like I'm burying Tom McGee But I, like I'm just talking about I'm giving the narration of what I'm watching Okay um, Even the body slam Brett just did a body slam And it wasn't even like a full stiff body slam Let's pause guy. Pause, pause And we're gonna Let's back up to The body slams at 2335 the body slam was like he Brett tried to like control him and not drive him into the mat. And as soon as he gets slammed, I want you I'm gonna again pull him back the curtain. 2336, it's paused. You're looking at Brett Hart standing and Tom McGee on his side. Tom McGee just took a body slam. And what does he do? He turns to the side. Again, I'm teaching you how to work now. You don't do that. <laughs> Because you know the guy's going to do something to you That he wants you looking up So now you turn to the fucking side And now Bret Hart's going to go for a leg drop The timing's off Because I think, I'm going to unpause in a second McKee rolls his back, then rolls back to his side As he sees the fucking leg drop coming <laughs> Yeah, so yeah he, No, he didn't roll to his back he, he did a little bit and Well, yeah, he he was trying to sell With his face up and then Brett came with the Leg drop because Brett was waiting, but he waited long enough. Brett's like, enough. I can't wait that long. I want to drop the leg, but the fucking guy's not turning to his back. I mean, again, we're rolling here. We're at 2354 and rolling. So, you know, um, I don't normally do these watch longs because I get very anal and picky, and I know I do this show for free. And to be fucking honest, you guys should be paying for what I'm saying. I hate to sound egotistical, but it is what it is. Uh, I'm giving you a lot of free shit here, and I'm probably going to stop in a second. <laughs> But I think I made my point here Yeah, we're going to stop now Okay, so there's the watch along There's a good chunk of the watch along This match was kind of long There's no, no, not much more for me to say about it I made my point You got my drift on it The guy was green How anyone could think he's going to be the next uh, WWF champion Was crazy to me I don't believe that I think it's nuts Maybe in a couple of years But not right away He was green as hell I mean, it was so obvious That's why the match never made TV And that's why his other matches didn't make TV Because he was green you know, and 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 you know what? Don't know the guy. Maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll see him. I don't know. I, I I mean, I don't. I have nothing against the man, one bit. I'm just saying, like, you know, he, he, I think that he got put in that position, Tom McGee, because of you know he's he, his body. He got he got an amazing physique uh, back in the day, and obviously he's older now. He doesn't look like that. They showed him on a network. He's a lot leaner and you know lost weight and lost all that muscle mass, but. You know, and he's gonna be at uh, he's gonna be at Starcast. So I, I mean, I'm, 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 you know, maybe I'll get to meet him there. I look forward to meeting him if I do uh, in Las Vegas. But 
I'm just telling you how I see it, man. I, I don't, um, I don't understand. I don't, I don't get how anybody could think that he was going to be a big star, Vince McMahon and everybody else behind him. But you could tell how green he was, and I just broke it down for you. So, whoever likes it, likes it. Whoever don't, don't. All right, so that's the deal with that. Uh, leftover gimmick, Tassel Jones, three, two, one, go. Individuals and PKS, it is now time for the Taz Hall. Let your voice be heard. Ah, uh, yes. Flo Jones, right into a little leftover Taz Hall from the other day. This is from my Instagram, at Taz Talk, T-A-Z-T-L-K, Plug Jones, yes, Plug City. So, uh, all right, here we go. We got uh, P underscore Laurier 45. Ah, yes, know this guy. We talked about him before. He's done stuff out here and given questions before. Hey, Taz, with Brock out of the title scene, what are your thoughts of Drew McIntyre being the Next top heel. I think it's great. I mean, I think Drew McIntyre is a hell of a worker. He looks the part. Um, big, mean, nasty, can talk. He's got that accent. Um, it, real WWE type guy with all that size. Um, he's got to be, geez, Drew's got to be 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. He's a big son bitch. They love that there, as you guys know. Um, he can work, though, and he can talk. And and I have no problem with it. I think it's good business uh, to push him to the top. I, I, you know, I got no problem with it at all. I do think if they really want to get that rocket on him, they will even more. Uh, thanks, Paul. Appreciate that. I said Kiel. This is this person's name. I said K-E-W-L. Do you think the Revival are being punished for wanting out of their contracts? Yes, I do. Um, I, I absolutely do. And it's a shame because this has happened for years uh, with the company. Punishment. Uh, little stupid things to make you feel stupid. They wanted out of their deals. They asked for their release. Um, and, you know, now they're, they're uh, well, I think they asked for their release in, in the beginning of the new year. I think it was so like February, maybe January, something like that. I think January. Um, you know, and, and they, so they wanted to get out. And usually, and I've said this a lot in the past, when you want out of your deal, they'll let you out. They usually let you out right away. Uh, seems like shit's changing now. Enter AW <laughs> for a lot of years. And that's why I said that for a lot of years. If you want it out, no problem. Go. They're not doing that now. They're, they're holding people in. And what they're doing with these guys, I do feel it's punishment. Um, I do. Uh, and they, they gave some contract extensions to one of maybe Wilder, and, you know, and I've signed extensions there. The reason why that happens, uh, guys, when you get a contract extension in WWE, that usually means like an extension. When uh, Let me rephrase that. When you get an extension that's for a few months, not like a few years, there's two different types of extensions. They could extend you for a few years. Oh, sorry, shoulder Jones. They could extend you for a few years or a couple of years, or they could extend you for three months. Or, or a month. The reason why those short-term extensions happen is because you haven't agreed to terms to a new deal yet. That just means they're extending your pre-existing deal. You follow? And I've lived that twice there as an announcer with, with contract extensions, and then we worked out new deals and had and ripped up the extension, which there were short extensions, like a month, month and a half, you know, and then and then we had a full deal. But um I do think that there's um, definitely punishment. I mean, sort of back shaving gimmick. I mean, like with the revival. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's, it didn't shock me. It's sad. They do this all the time. They punish people all the time. It's been done for years and it's fucking ridiculous. Really? <laughs> I'm just being honest. It's ridiculous. It's happened to so many people. So many people. Seriously. Um, you know, you could go on and on and on. Um, they just try to make look. It happened with me. I'm trying to think of some things, like they put Stacy Cable with me. You know, I was in a wrestling the Dudleys or something like that. They put Stacy with me as a manager a couple of times. Now, Stacy, beautiful girl, nice girl, but she's with high heels on. She's freaking six three. So they put her with me as a valet to you know make me look shorter and to make fun of me. And they don't say it. it's just passive aggressive bullshit. 
Uh, that's just one thing, dude. You go on and on, dude. I mean, they, that's just, and they think like you don't know it, but they don't give a shit because they know you can't do nothing about it. And that's just the way it's been there for a long time. Just being honest, you know, um, it's, it's petty, immature bullshit, and that's passive aggressive power. And hopefully one day it stops. I don't know. Uh, maybe it will, maybe it won't. But there's been a bunch of people that have been punished. With stuff like this to make people look stupid um, You know We've seen a lot of bits that are silly And goofy and and To make guys look bad It's happened a lot It's sad that it's still happening And, and we're on the cusp of 2020 here It's kind of ridiculous But it's uh, I, I do think they're being punished I do <clears throat> Definitely do um, Okay thank you for the question Mike.fdl is oversaturation of content hurting WWE? Uh, IG uh, three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown, NXT pay views. <laughs> yes, Mike, I've been talking about this forever. I talked about right um, way years ago on, on this show here that what they need to do is NXT. They should have taken instead of doing Raw for three hours, you do give one hour on the USA Network. To NXT so Raw's two hours And give one to NXT instead of Sitting through three hours of Raw that didn't happen Obviously Um, Vince McMahon and the company they feel Like everyone is constantly Living for WWE And that's all people want they don't watch Nothing else on TV or streaming Online or other sports They don't care Vince really Comes off like that he feels that You know that's how because that's his life He feels everybody else's life is like that And he's wrong So it is oversaturation And, I, and like I said I've been saying that for a long time And I totally feel it is And you know um, That's why something like AEW With TNT And a major TV deal starting in the fall Is so massive Because it's going to be a true alternative On a major level Of uh, you know To, 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 pen- to penetrate The content out there to, to, to the world um, You know You're going to get it on TV And we all, I've talked about that in the past We could go on and on how great streaming platforms are All these different streaming platforms Are amazing to watch movies and TV shows And sports, no doubt I do the same thing like you guys do At the end of the day, the king is still TV I don't care what anybody says That is still the king, same thing with podcasting I talked about this in a tweet the other day how, off, a, off of a Howard Stern tweet um, Or Howard Stern interview I think he did with the New York Times You can do all the fucking podcasting you want Okay? Including me I do, uh, do tons of podcasting For a long time Radio still king In the, regards to audio Pulling in audio in your life <clears throat> between, between podcasting and radio Radio still the king Now a lot of people may be thinking Ah, bullshit, Taz. I don't fucking listen to the radio anymore. That shit's old and archaic. I listen to podcasting. Fuck that. On demand. Listen to what I want, when I want. I don't give a shit at the gym, in my car, walking around the street with earbuds in. Yeah, that's true. You can do all that. And there's, there's millions of people who do that and will keep doing that. Radio is still king from an advertising perspective, as is TV still king. What does that mean? Money. Fact. I do both. I do national radio every day and I do podcasting. I am well qualified to speak on this. Radio's king in regards to audio. As far as TV, I mean, uh, visual, streaming video or, or TV, TV's king. By AW getting major TV, that's king. And that's why Mr. Khan and company knew how important it was to do that. And Vince McMahon knows that. Okay. Trust me. I told you what he told me. To, when we worked out my contract many years ago We sat in that conference room In that hotel In Stanford, Connecticut And he said you need two things We were talking about ECW You need two things to be successful in the business Talent and TV And he said and it, doesn't have to, it does not have to be in that order And he's right So they got the talent AEW And they got the fucking TV Watch out So And they got money <laughs> So Um you know, it is oversaturated, Mike uh, It is oversaturated And they're going to have to figure that out Alright, uh, Chairman uh, I know you never put too much stock in ratings But the low ratings recently And the decision to have A wild card rule Do you think WWE is panicked 
after going under 2 million viewers two weeks ago. Love you, Taz. Love you, Chan. And I do think they are a little bit worried. I, like I, you're right. I don't put a ton of stock in the ratings, but when they dip like they dip and then they go that low, that's a problem. I remember, you know, years ago when we'd have the get ready to do SmackDown, the raw rating would come out like late in the afternoon on Tuesday from Monday. And you knew what kind of rating it was without even looking at it while we were preparing for SmackDown because of Vince's mood. <laughs> he got word if it was a shitty rating and he was in a fucking bad mood and rightfully so. But if it was a good rating, you know, he was in a good mood. And that's kind of how I knew how the mood was. I mean, um, so all you need is some Mike. Okay, crazy name. What is your opinion on how WWE book shows? Do you believe that booking week to week and last minute changes is beneficial? Seems like Paul and ECW always had a clear path, a clear plan, I should say, when booking angles. Hashtag love the show. Well, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Um, look. I, I do think that um, um, the booking, the story arcs are changing. They're not staying true to plan a lot of times. You got to go off your plan when there's an injury. That happens. And you, you're working all the time. WWE talent's working all the time, house shows and all the stuff nonstop. So, you know, you're going to get men and women that get hurt. Okay. Um, I, I have no problem with last-minute changes. I really don't. I, I have no problem with that. I think some of the better things are last-minute changes. As far as Paul and ECW, last-minute changes, you people don't realize this, they happened all the time. Paul did have a clear plan of booking angles for long-term. Yes, he did do that because he had no he, he had no one. He basically just, the only ones he talked to about his long-term plan was whatever angle you were in. Like, I, I knew my long-term plan, whatever, with... Um, with Bam Bam Bigelow, or with Sabu, for argument's sake. But I didn't know, um, you know, Sandman's long-term plan with Tommy Dreamer. I, if I would have asked, I'm sure he would have told me. I, he didn't hide stuff from a lot of us, but I didn't care. It, it had nothing to do with me. You know what I mean? I only cared about my stuff. Uh, and that's not, if it sounds egotistical, then fuck it, I was. Because to be successful, you had to be an ego fucking guy. <laughs> you shit what anybody says You gotta worry about you um, It's very competitive So but Paul He you know He had a clear plan of the long term arc But there were so many last minute changes All the time And that wasn't a bad thing That's a good thing Paul himself <laughs> He's mastered it for years Dealing with Vince McMahon If he has a pitch for something on Raw or so, You know he goes to him late in the day You know Because that's one of the last things Vince would have heard You know Dude, it's trust me You can't go Same thing in, in radio or podcasting Or anything Unless it's a movie with an actual script and a, a, You know Or a play or something Or a sitcom that's scripted out completely um, You gotta have changes You gotta have last minute changes You can't just be steadfast This is what we're gonna do We're keeping it all in this box we're doing this, we have to do this, no matter what happens This is what we're doing Well, what if something else, what if a better idea comes up What if someone has a better, you know it's, Everything's got to be beneficial to better For the betterment of the show No matter if that's audio show Or video show, so that means changes Have to happen, so I have no problem with Listening to changes, I don't I believe in long term plan, yes But little changes happen along the way It's just the way you gotta roll with the punches I say it all the time on Taz and the Moose behind the scenes. Like I never want to get stuck in what I call the hamster wheel, you know, where you're just doing the same thing over and over and over, you know, because we do so much content every day on the radio and we do a good job. I think as a team that we try to change things up a lot, but you got to be careful, like with daily radio, or if you have a TV show every day, you know, you gotta, you gotta keep it fresh. Otherwise it gets stagnant. So I have no problem with last minute changes. I don't, um, what else we got? Okay. La, 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 la. Pinning underscore season. Good moment, sir. Uh, do you feel WWE scripted promos hold superstars back? Thank you uh, for the free lunch. I do feel, yes, that they hold prom uh, talent back. I do. Bigger than that, what I think is happening is you are handcuffing young men and women 
to have the ability to be creative and become better at talking. That's a, that's a big topic right there for me. Huge. You are pigeonholing talent from really being talented or getting better. You, you, when you fucking, like I just said, hamster wheel, I just said putting it in a box. When it's scripted, it's the shits on a regular basis for a young guy or girl because they're never going to learn how to stand on their own two feet. That's a problem. And it's not the town's fault. That comes from the boss. Okay, that's why, like, I was just talking earlier about um, um, Young Bucks uh, YouTube gimmick they do and uh, uh, Cody Rhodes because they're bringing in the AW talent and they're letting these guys just be them. And they have an overview concept of what they're going to do in the bit, in the skit, skit that they're doing, but they're not working off a script and it makes it organic. Scripted shit's not good. Not good. Strong overview and outline is good. Is good. <sighs> All right. Anyway, that's it. So, I'm nothing else, guys. It's been a good podcast. Gonna be over there at the Starcast in Vegas. I mean, May 23rd to the 26th I'll be there 24-25 Live Taz show Got MJF as a guest Gonna have another guest Not sure who Hit me up on the Twitter Let me know who you think Our guest should be Another guest AEW person Alright Thanks for downloading And subscribing guys If you didn't subscribe Make sure you do that Thank you guys I appreciate you I'm Taz You're not Adios All these people Acting fake man And to be honest I don't even have a top 10 Me against the